0: Reality Escape Pod is made possible by Patreon supporters like you. Welcome to the Reality Escape Pod, your lifeline when you need a getaway from the real world. I'm David Spira, alongside my co-host, PG Law. Together, we're exploring immersive gaming from all angles, and we'll be joined by guests who really know their stuff. Today's guests are the entire recon team. There's a lot of them and they're incredibly talented. We're very happy to be putting on a show with them later this month. So we're going to be exploring a little bit about who they all are, the superpowers they bring and all of the crazy things that they are making for our community. Welcome everybody. Before we dive in, a little announcement that we didn't know when we recorded all of this, Neil Patrick Harris. He's going to be delivering the intro to Recon this year, which is super fun, really surreal, because Lisa and I are following him, and so he's going to be, like, introducing us, which is wild. Anyway, we know we've made the announcement already, but if you find it weird that we're not talking about it, that's why. And if you stick around for the post-credits, you can hear the story about how MPH ended up working on Recon with us to the episode
1: I am so excited for this podcast David because I went to Recon last year while I was hosting and it, it was just this weird magical machine. I have no idea how you guys got it up and running you know it was the most well organized event I've ever attended and I have done a lot of conventions in real life and it was incredible to me how everything stayed on schedule. you guys were juggling like 20 different events happening all at once there was so much to do and so i'm really excited to kind of get a peek behind the curtain and see how you guys put it all together
0: on behalf of the entire team i will say thank you
1: for those of you who listen to the podcast and have no idea what the heck recon even is let's talk a little bit about that first david can you tell us what is recon
0: yeah we should probably define things The Reality Escape Convention is our immersive gaming convention. It's focused in a large amount on the escape room world, partially because of all of the various immersive gaming options out there. Escape rooms have been kind of the most successful in terms of getting a large audience and spreading far and wide. And that's where our roots are. But we are really trying to create an environment where People from all of these different disciplines can come together, share what they know, what works, what doesn't work, get new ideas. We have talks to help people learn how to do this better. We also have talks for players to help them figure out how to do things like introduce newbies to escape rooms in a way that will increase the odds that they actually have fun. Because speaking as an enthusiast and someone who is a good player, I have definitely given new players a very bad experience because... I wasn't thinking through all of the variables. We have games for people to play. We have a staggering amount of game content this year. This is something that's more or less new. We had games last year, but this year it's a fully fleshed out product. We have the opportunity for people to get together in facilitated discussions or attend workshops with small groups of people taught by some of last year's most popular speakers. We have so many things for people to do. There's an ARG hidden through all of it. There's so much. We also have a ton of exhibitors and sponsors who have all manner of games and products for consumers of escape rooms and immersive games to creators. There's so much. And we're incredibly thankful to all of those exhibitors and sponsors who are really working with us to make a digital event work. A lot of them, especially before last year, had no faith that we were going to be able to do this, but many of them supported this anyway. And this year we're doing everything we can on all fronts to just refine what we produced.
1: And I think what you have also neglected to mention was that last year, Recon was supposed to be a live in-person convention, like Comic-Con, like all the other cons where you meet up in person, see all your friends, play all the games, attend the talks you know, in person. But because unfortunately last year we couldn't do that. So when I found out last year that you guys were gonna hold a digital convention, I was like, what does that even mean? How do you even do that? And I gotta say, like I said, when I went last year, it was magic. It really felt like being there in person. you had you know what you checked in with your ticket and I did not realize that we were being checked in by an actual person. I, it felt like a bot because it was happening so fast and so smoothly and professionally you go into different chat rooms, you can talk to different people, play the games and it was just the way it ran was was really really awesome like if you guys, Don't have your tickets yet. Go get your tickets. You'll want to come. This is awesome. And next year, I think we are going to be in person again, right?
0: Yeah. So long as, you know, the world gets a little bit more unscrewed, we will be in person in Boston next year. We were supposed to be in Boston last year. We were supposed to be in Boston this year. I will be a little bit peeved if we are not in Boston next year. We're already working on the plans for that. So I truly hope that we can act on them because... There's some amazing stuff that we can do in real life.
1: People enjoyed the virtual convention so much that I remember you guys got a lot of requests from people from different countries asking if you were going to have it virtually, like a virtual component to a real life convention from now on for anybody who can't travel and be there in person. Have you guys considered that?
0: When we think about hosting an in-person convention, we are really focusing on making sure that we're making the real life version of that as good as we possibly can. But we don't want to neglect the international audience, especially the folks who'd never be able to travel to the U.S. for visa issues or just general cost and currency conversion and all of that so as we look forward to hosting physical cons we're not going to neglect the digital side it may be in a different form they may not be happening at the same time but there will be some digital form of convention moving forward
1: awesome i can't wait let's meet some of the people that make all of this possible
0: our first guest is james cobalt James is someone who is a dear friend, a longtime escape room enthusiast, someone we've had the chance to travel a bunch of times with. We had a really lovely time in the Netherlands together. And James has come in as sort of a jack of so many trades and helping us with so many different things from tech to graphic design to all manner of business model stuff. So welcome, James. Hello. James, working with you, you've done so many different things from organizing flash mobs all over Boston to doing marketing and all manner of work in tech. What brought you into the escape room world? What was the thing that attracted you to all of this?
2: Well, I don't know if you and Lisa remember probably the first time I met you in person because it was at one of your booths. Like my partner and I were going to various escape room conferences because we wanted to get into this space and... I had been chatting with you guys in the escape room Slack, which is now like a a escape room discord, but chatting pretty frequently following your blog. And at these conferences, I went away so disappointed for the most part, because I I felt like I had a more nuanced understanding of the industry and the craft from the Slack and from roomescapeartist.com than I actually took away from some of these conferences. And I know that I wasn't alone in that because I ended up meeting some good people through there and online and we would chat about like, man, our industry, like, this is not my industry yet, right? But I'm like wanting to get into it. Like, we need something better, something that we're really gonna learn from, like people who are really gonna inspire us, what is the future, that sort of thing. But it was all kind of like talks over beers because then you get into the reality of like, wow, that's really risky and expensive and I don't wanna lose my house. So none of us ever did anything. And then in a parking lot before or right after a game that we had played, David, you mentioned that you were going to do a convention and you were just going to ask me if I could do like some little on the ground footwork for you since I live in Boston. And I was like, nope, nope, I'm in 110%, whatever you need, I'm going to do it. And I just wrestled my way in and got my little grubby hands on like (laughs) everything, you know, like if there was like a contract that needed to be reviewed, I was like, Lisa, let's review the contract together.
0: You were amazing. We approached you very delicately, because we knew you were busy with a lot of things. And we asked if you could just be our local liaison. And you were like, sure. And then every time you showed up, you were like, I think I'll do that too.
1: Okay, wait, so I have a question. So you were an enthusiast, and you went to these conventions. Were you looking to become like a creator or designer? Is that, was that your intention when you kind of said you wanted to become more involved?
2: At the time, I didn't know. I just really loved the games. And mm-hmm. I like, and my love for the games got so strong that I wanted to learn more about other sides of them. And I thought maybe this will be a good way to figure out if I can get into the business as well. But I didn't learn anything about how to get into the business <laughs> from those. <laughs> I am going into the business now as of like two months ago.
1: Oh, congratulations.
2: Thank you. It's very scary, but I also feel like I've learned a lot. Recon was a part of that. So I don't know if David knows this. Yes, I was working on behind the scenes, but like I wasn't involved in really any of the content outside of like some light editing of video. I got to attend ReCon like a participant. Thankfully, most of my work was done when we actually went live. So last year, I got to participate and watch the talks and got, you know, that inspiration from all these amazing people. And I've watched the talks multiple times. I'm like, I am going to do this. I'm going to go into this business. So here I am.
1: That's awesome. I'm so excited. You're going to like, okay, so you have to keep us posted. And that's so cool that you found useful information from the convention that works.
2: I just needed the right convention to come along.
1: Sweet. So you work on the website mainly then?
2: This year, my big project has been redesigning the website and helping Brendan with the e-commerce side. Last year, I did this silly VHS tacky video about how to use Discord, and then a million tiny, small things.
1: Oh my God, that video was incredible. Is that still up somewhere?
0: It's still up. James delivered that just a few days before Recon, and when I first watched it, I mean, he basically, like, he disappeared to make his masterpiece of a teaser video for the event. And it was so refined and so overwhelmingly over the top that I had just finished editing most of the talks. And I was like, James, this is like way more edited and way more refined than all of the stuff we've put together for Recon. Like, what are you doing to me? You're you're making me so neurotic. But it was so good.
1: It's better than most of the videos I've seen in escape room lobbies.
0: (laughs) That's a low bar.
1: Like, Like, if you were to go into business just creating you know videos for escape room lobbies like two fingers worth of strength I feel like you could already make a killing just with that alone
2: <laughs> oh man no way that was like I took a week off of work and just heads down for 80 hours to get that thing out the door but I'm, I'm glad I have no regrets about anything I've Work done on Recon. I'm really proud of like all the work that we've done.
0: And this is really what it's like working with James, where we're like, "Hey, we need just like a video explaining roughly what Recon is and what Discord is." And then three weeks later, it was like, "Oh yeah, here's my masterpiece. This is not what you asked for at all. It's so much more. Enjoy. Goodbye."
2: Yeah, (laughs) bye. I'm gonna go watch the talks now.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. I will put a link to the video in the show notes.
0: James, before we bring on the next guest, I am curious. What is it that you're most looking forward to at Recon? What are you hoping to share with the world here?
2: Oh, those are two different things because what I'm most looking forward to is kind of like a selfishness because this year there's the game stuff that like, you know, you you built this like games duo team that's done amazing work going into it, expecting this was going to be the small sidetrack. And now it's like this enormous thing. So I'm going to be playing and having lots of fun while all of you guys are working really hard because I already bought my Play Pass. But what I would want, this event to put out into the world It's kind of like what last year's did for me which was to inspire me
0: in certain ways what james is talking about here is the play pass which is an add-on that you can get with any ticket and it comes with a ton of game content from games that are exclusive to recon there's just a lot of value in this ticket so it's something that you can add on to any of your tickets it's sold incredibly well And I think that people are gonna have a ton of fun exploring these games at Recon.
1: Yeah, it's like a day at Disneyland. Like (laughs) you just sit and play all day long.
0: We were play testing
2: one of the games recently for this year and that game did something so creative and gave me as a player more agency than I ever expected to have in a game. That just changed everything about what I was thinking I was going to do for the games at my venue. I was like, wow,
0: I have to figure out
2: how I can give players this sense of agency.
0: Are you talking about uh, Trapped Puzzle Rooms, Escape from Escape Island? Yes. Yeah.
2: But is that spoilery? No, no, no. no. You're
0: good. PG and I literally just played it with Lisa and Lee Faye. Minutes before we sat down to record here. So oh, I'm so happy for you. So you're an afterglow. I'm super excited.
1: I knew that's the game he was talking about. I knew it.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something worth being excited about. I have a feeling it's not the last time it's going to come up. All right, James, thank you so much. On the subject of the Play Pass, I'd like to welcome Kara Mandel, who really helped birth the idea of the Play Pass into the world. Welcome, Kara.
3: That's such a weird way of putting that.
0: <laughs> My goal, Kara, is to make you uncomfortable because you love it.
3: You're so good at it, David. Thank you. Hi, I'm Kara, the birthing mother, co-mother of the Recon Play Pass. Um, I'm. You know what? Leave that in. Don't edit that out. Um, so, yeah. What would you like to talk about, guys?
0: So we've known each other for a while now and we approached you because you have done a lot of work for other conferences and conventions in the past particularly around incorporating games within them. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've done in that space?
3: Sure. Yeah, I mean it started out as just being a player and attending a lot of these kind of it's usually either a film festival or some kind of a niche thing like a Comic-Con or something where there's any number of different ways that these conventions can kind of organize add-ons. And the most recent one was Alamo Drafthouse and their Fantastic Fest, which is a wonderful film festival that takes place normally in Austin every year. Well, last year, it had to be done in virtual form, which they did a wonderful job of. And they enlisted myself and my business partner, Rachel Walker, to kind of curate some playable remote games because, you know, we had our Our finger on the proverbial pulse of what was happening, thanks to you and the hive mind. So we kind of helped them structure a way for film festival participants to play games interspersed with the films that they were watching. And we learned a lot about what to do and what not to do for a festival.
1: So you curate games for festivals? Do you create them or do you just help...
3: Produce them? No, we just curate. It's really just a programming thing. So, separately, my business partner and I have a company called Interwoven Immersive, and we do create games for events, for private parties, for all sorts of things. But in this particular capacity, we're just curating, we're just acting as programmers, playing games. All the time, we have this wide range of games that we would suggest for different audiences, different skill levels. As you know, some are play on demand, some are hosted, et cetera. So we're kind of looking at the holistic picture of, well, what kind of event is this? And in this case, it was a genre festival. So it's like, okay, we're going to want things that are more horror centric or sci fi or comedy or video games, as opposed to maybe your more traditional rooms. So, yeah, you just look at the event and then you play to your fan base.
0: So you've been doing this in partnership with Teresa Wagner, not to be confused with Teresa Piazza. The Recon team has an abundance of Teresas.
3: They're all good Teresas, though.
0: They are. What are you most excited about for this year's Recon?
3: Well, before I answer that question, I feel like we should go back to the Teresa thing for a minute here. Because when Lisa first came to me with the uh, ask... Of doing this. I basically was very honest with her and said, you know, I'm really busy right now between my day job and my company and this and that. I'm so worried. I don't want to fail you. And she said, no, no, no. We just want your ideas and your curation. We can have you partner with Teresa to help execute it. And I was like, okay, I'll be the game's curator and she can be the game's executioner. (laughs) And thus was born the name that Teresa, and she can speak to this herself, has really embodied. She really loved (laughs) it. being the game's executioner.
0: She yes-handed that hard.
3: (laughs) Yeah, she really leaned into it, but she's killing it. What was your criteria
1: when choosing games to pick? Did you want to make sure that you picked only the best ones? Or were you like, I want to make sure I get different styles of genre or you know experiences?
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a few criteria and there was also some guidelines that Lisa and David and the rest of the recon team had given us, which is that we want them to be flexible so that people can play some games in between their sessions so that we're not actually conflicting with the programming of recon. And then separately, we wanted to have some that would be large scale that you wouldn't be able to play elsewhere. Anybody can play a remote escape room from anywhere in the world right now. That's a click away. What would make these particular games worth the value of the upsell. So in our mind, it was like, okay, large group games with higher number of people than you would be able to play with otherwise. Community building games, games where you're really getting to know each other. And I think we have some real good opportunities in that regard. And then we really wanted to get some recon exclusive, be it either games that were created for the purpose of this or games that are being only exclusively run For a period of time during the festival. I don't want to speak to too many specifics because different games have different parameters, but we basically wanted to try and offer something that you wouldn't get anywhere else.
1: So I think the fun part of this too is that you get to play, it sounds like, with other people that also have the play pass, So then it's kind of like a public room. You're meeting new people, but then you'll still get to know them and see them around the conference as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, I hate even the term public room because unlike in a public room, you're pretty much guaranteed to be playing with people who are equally as enthusiastic to be there as you are and who are as equally as passionate about this industry. Whereas with a public room, you could end up with, you know... It's a grab bag of horrors. Some bachelorette party. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, some 12-year-olds who, you know, no offense. There's... Certainly room for everyone to play. But in this case, I think you're going to find yourself along fellow enthusiasts, professionals, and just skilled players. Sounds awesome.
0: Yeah. And for us, the Hivemind and Lisa and I, we have never really had a hard time getting really large groups of players together to play some of these massive games because we're just surrounded by people who are eager to play. But a lot of the escape room community, when a game opens that requires a large number of people, it's just not something they can even realistically consider. And so that was one of the things that mattered to us when we sat down with Kara and Teresa was that we could get some of these games that, yes, people in the community could technically book, but no, they're probably not going to go and do it. So we can help facilitate that.
3: Yeah. And that's what I love about this. It's giving everybody an opportunity to play games that they might not otherwise have the capacity or know enough people to be able to even qualify to play them. There's a lot of games with like minimum number of players and not everybody knows a bunch of nut jobs like we do.
0: So Kara, I'm going to ask you again, yeah. what are you most excited about? <laughs>
3: Oh, yeah, I didn't answer that question, did I? Well, my answer was going to be I'm most excited about playing games with everybody. But honestly, I'm just most excited about getting to meet fellow like-minded enthusiasts and creators from around the world. That was one of my favorite parts of the convention last year was just putting faces and voices to names that I had only seen on Slacks and Discords and making lifelong friends. And it's really community building. So I'm excited for talking, surprising to no one. (laughs)
0: Well, thank you very much, Kara. We cannot wait to talk with you more at Recon. Following up on all the things that Kara was talking about, we have Teresa Wagner joining us and her bird Wally, a parakeet who is super cute and whose enthusiasm cannot be tamed. You'll find a photo of Wally in the show notes. Teresa, the game's executioner, has been responsible for pulling together and organizing all of the games. She has personally vetted all of the games that we have on display and has really helped to structure and sculpt the whole Game Pass idea. So, welcome, Teresa.
4: Hey, David. Hey, PG. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. As they said, uh, my name is Teresa. I am the game's executioner or whatever you want to call me. All you need to know is that I'm running all of the game experiences at Recon this year. This role was not a thing that happened last year, so this is totally brand new because we wanted to bring a player experience to Recon that didn't exist last year. I'm bringing at least nine games. We're still talking to so many cool companies about bringing their games to Recon, and I couldn't be more excited to get it in the players' hands.
0: And thank you for doing all this. Last year, we had games at Recon, but it wasn't a structured product. We didn't have anything that we had deliberately made for players. We knew there was a player audience. We knew we wanted to serve that audience, but in the three months that we had to pivot from a physical event to a digital one, It was just something that we couldn't quite figure out. And you came in way more ambitious than even we were.
4: Coming onto this team was so awesome because as of last year, I was only a moderator for Recon. I really wanted the player experience. I have nothing to do with any companies. I'm just a player that wants to have a good time. So when David and Lisa reached out to me to be the games coordinator for this year, I was thrilled to be able to bring such a cool experience to players for Recon. I
0: believe your response was, I'm kind of insulted that I hadn't been asked earlier.
4: (laughs) Absolutely. Yep.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the Play Pass. So this is a separate add-on that you can purchase for the ticket and this gives you access to all
4: the games that you're curating, is that right? Yes, that is correct. So the Play Pass is an add-on to the normal ticket this year. It's a small charge for so many amazing games that we're bringing to Recon. And there are three games that are Recon limited run, which means that you can only play them at Recon for the time being. The games that I'm super excited about for this Recon are Trapped is making us an amazing audio game because I'm such a huge fan of their other games and I know so many people in the community are as well. And we will be having some fan favorites like Deadlocked and Greendoor Labs, who usually makes Straselmeier, join us.
0: We just had a chance to play Traps game, Escape from Escape Island, and I'm sort of in love. It's the kind of game that could only be made for a diehard escape room audience. It just feels like such a unique opportunity.
4: That game alone is worth the price of admission. Yeah, Escape from Escape Island is absolutely worth the price of that ticket, no question. I reached out to Mark from Trapped, asking him to make something that only escape room players would be able to enjoy, and it would be absolutely ridiculous, and he delivered on an absurd experience that made me smile for an hour straight.
0: I loved it so much.
4: I could not think of a better person to have in
1: charge of curating the game's experience than Teresa. Teresa reviews our virtual escape rooms for room escape artists. She's part of the Hive Mind, and I think you've probably reviewed the most rooms out of just about any of us. So I know that you've played most of the virtual games out there. You're always so good. <laughs> Anytime I do a room with you, we are done so fast. Because
4: you also you do speed running in video games. Is that right? Yep, that's right. So I've played about two or 300 rooms at this point online only, uh, about 200 in person, and I've only been playing for about three years. So absolutely an addiction of escape rooms. And that's why I'm here. But in terms of video games, yeah, I've been playing competitive video games since 2013, taking some hiatuses here and there. I played a lot of Super Smash Brothers, a lot of Rainbow Six Siege, a lot of Overwatch, but I've also sped run games such as Portal 2 and Sly Cooper.
0: For those who have listened to all of Repod, Teresa also helped me prepare for last episode when we interviewed Ken Hong.
1: Thank God somebody did because I had no idea what
4: we were talking about. I've never played Smash. But Teresa, what is speedrunning exactly? Yeah, so speedrunning is pretty similar to escape rooms in my mind. It's where you try to play a game as fast as possible and as optimized as possible to beat the highest score, which is in terms of the time that it takes to beat the game from beginning to end. There's a lot of different categories for speedrunning. There's some silly ones. I typically go for categories that are pretty much the entire game. And do you do that competitively or is that for fun that you just do on your own? It's for fun. I typically don't submit for the leaderboards, but I do it in my free time for fun, Uh, depending on what the run is. Sometimes I do submit it on speedrun.com, which is basically a massive leaderboard of speedrunners from all over the world compiling their highest times.
1: I just had one last question. Do you have a particular time for a game that you're proud of that you just wanted to flex on so we can have an idea of how fast it goes?
4: Yeah, so something absolutely ridiculous that most people may not know the game. There's a game called Freddy Fish 2. It is an old school game from 1998, I believe. I beat the game in under 20 seconds. Wow. (laughs) Um,
0: There are a couple of things in that statement that are really impressive. One is beating any game in under 20 seconds. The second is classifying 98 is old school. Kind of hurts me.
4: (laughs) I was like two when the game came out. You got to give me a break.
0: (laughs) One last thing to mention with Teresa related to all of the speed running as well as recon is last year during our check-in process, we had all of these concierges helping to check people in. Teresa was applying her uh, speedrun clock to the check-in process and trying to be the person to check in the most and to do it the fastest and greatly contributed to the sense among the guests at recon that the concierge was a bot.
1: I love that you have gamified everything. (laughs) I feel like with you as our games master, everyone is in just the best hands possible.
0: Thank you, Teresa. I'd like to thank our sponsor, SEO Orb. They're a search engine optimization and marketing business focused on the escape room industry. And for many episodes now, we have been telling you that we think you should reach out to Piyush. And talk to him about his services because we genuinely believe he can help out an escape room company in getting their name out there if you've been dragging your feet on this i have some good news for you SEO Orb is also a sponsor of Recon and so if you go to Recon You'll be able to just pull up to his booth and talk to him there.
1: Here is your chance, people. This is the easiest way to get a hold of him. If you've been hearing us talk about him on our podcast, it maybe seems a little intimidating. Maybe it seems like too much work to set up a meeting. I totally get it. Well, you're already going to be at Recon, so you should just stop by his booth and just talk to him. I feel like even In 10 minutes of talking to him, I already learned a little something about how to market an escape room company. Uh, I think if you stop by, chat with him for a little bit, you will learn something as well. And just check it out. There's more details on our show notes, so you can click there for a link or go to seoorb.com.
0: Our next guest is Li-Fei Lo. Li-Fei adopted us last year, a few months before Recon. She is our Australian coming to us all the way from Sydney in the future. Welcome, Liefay.
5: Hi, so happy to be here talking all things Recon.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. A few months before Recon last year, I was chatting with Liefay and she asked me a whole bunch of questions like, are you going to be having volunteers? Yes. Have you organized those volunteers? No. Have you created rosters? No. Have you created all of the processes? No. Okay, I'm going to do all of that. And then it just magically happened.
1: She's like so soft-spoken and sweet, but she was a freaking general. Let me tell you, she was organizing all the troops last year.
0: And didn't sleep.
5: I have a very easy job because the escape room community are enthusiasts and they're very enthusiastic. And if you ask 30 of them to help us build a community event, they will say yes and they will come and they will make the Recon Discord a welcoming place. They'll answer all your questions. They'll chat to you. And I think for a lot of us, the video chats, which we had last year and we're going to have again this year, they're the best part of Recon because you can go to an online conference and listen to talks all you want, but making meaningful networks of real people that you've only seen on Facebook or played their game, that's like the best thing about coming to Recon.
0: I agree. For me, it was that connection opportunity. And PG was a big part of that last year. As our Q&A host, she kept hassling me. She's like, what are we doing with after parties? And Lisa and I were both like, it's a great idea. We have no idea how to make any of this happen at this point. We're just trying to keep the event running. And PG was like, no, you need after parties. People need a place to go and gather and hang out after the talks are over. And so we turned all of our video chats into bars. And it was a place where we could end up just Talking to people. And for me, one of my most vivid memories last year was talking to Alan Koo, was someone from the UK who I'd only interacted with over the Facebook enthusiast group. It was like two in the morning for me. The sun had already come up over there. He was just fighting against sleep. And it was just really cool meeting these people who I never had the opportunity to meet and may never have.
1: Let me tell you, being at the convention last year was such a high, like that high you feel when you meet really like-minded people when you find someone and you're like, "You get me, I belong here." It was like this really warm feeling, and then when it was over, I was like, uh, like, where's everybody? Where's all the people? I feel so lonely So yeah, the after parties were the perfect way to come down off of that high and you know relax
0: Life, what is it like managing a small army of volunteers who are all overwhelmingly overqualified for the job
5: our volunteers are so wonderful i'm just constantly asking them to do things to do more things and then changing you know changing what we want them to do can you support the vips can you check extra people into the game jam oh we need to write trivia questions for trivia can you help with that as well and they all say yes and then they spend lots of time and energy doing very clever things that I can't possibly do and it's a real pleasure. I think it's a real pleasure meeting them and hanging out with them in the lead up to Recon and we are looking forward to volunteer training coming up and they'll find all kinds of problems with our processes so that when people come to Recon they have a smooth experience.
0: On the subject of training we have so many different volunteer types. We have facilitators, moderators and concierges each fulfilling a different role to keep recon running smoothly. And Li Fei leads all of them. They're all trained so that they can handle all the nuances of the job. And we're incredibly thankful to our volunteers for putting in the time and energy that they do to make this all happen.
1: Okay, I have a question. So Lee are you involved in the industry or you were like just enthusiast and wanted to just get involved in the community?
5: Yeah, I'm an enthusiast. I've been hanging around the Slack and Discord for a few years. And when I saw they were putting on recon, I started to ask David questions. I've run lots of events, academic events, and conferences and workshops over the years. And I've been to a lot of online ones in the last year. And most of them are really, really dull. They usually involve me lying somewhere listening to the talk with a compress over my eyes because it's so boring. And I just wished I was there in person. I just just wanted to make something that was more interactive and where I could actually meet cool people.
0: And we were so, so thankful to have you take all of the experience and knowledge that you've accumulated from doing this in so many different places, especially for our first year where This was something we really didn't know what we were doing when it came to the volunteers. We understood content and we understood tech. And those were things that we were able to just like, even though we hadn't done that stuff for a conference specifically before, we were able to extrapolate. But when you got involved on the volunteer side, it was one of those moments we were like, oh, wow, these are all of the things we didn't know that we didn't know. And it was magical watching you make it all happen. And you did it. What it felt like to us was effortlessly.
5: It's easy because the volunteers are wonderful. If if we (laughs) had difficult people, then I'd have to manage them. When we run training, mostly they tell us how we should do it better because they already do a lot of these roles in their normal jobs. So we have coders, we have teachers, we have all kinds of experts in their day job who come and help us for two days.
1: But I mean, Lee Fei is also doing this from a different time zone. Was this a middle of the night for you? (laughs) I think that I am
5: the international conscience of the Recon team. I remind them that people live all around the world at different times and have different needs to a North American audience. And I think it's been excellent for the group.
0: Oh, it's been fantastic. We're very thankful for that. We try to remember, but sometimes you're not living it. So it's not the thing that's top of mind. And it's essential to have someone on the team who says, hey, that'll be my nighttime.
1: <laughs> the volunteer lounge was very fun, too. I remember last year you had like a special lounge for the volunteers. It was, you know, we had our own channel. And I will say if anybody listening to this is interested in getting involved, you will have a wonderful volunteer coordinator. And we're always looking forward to meeting new people. It was really fun to kind of get the inside scoop as a volunteer.
0: Lee Faye, what are you most excited for?
1: I am really
5: excited, besides the meeting people, talking to people thing, I'm excited about the program. I've had the privilege of being involved in programming this year and there are new voices I think that we're bringing to Recon this year and lovely international flavor as well. And I think people are going to be stimulated and inspired and excited about the talks and workshops and discussions that we're going to have at Recon.
0: I agree. Leafe has been my partner in crime when it comes to programming recon this year, and it's just been so much fun working with you through that. And the lineup is killer. We have some crazy talks. I was just reviewing the one from Tasha from Project Avatar, and it's a trip. Thank you, LiFe. I want to take a moment to say thank you to our sponsor, Telescape by Buzzshot. Telescape is a full-featured platform for allowing creators to put their escape rooms online. Whether you're doing a point-and-click game or an avatar-driven game or something in the middle, they have a feature set for you at a price point that I know is right for you. This week, we're featuring Fuzzy Logic as the games of the week from Telescape. Fuzzy Logic is a company from Illinois and they have The most games on Telescape, basically all of their physical games have been turned into avatar games and the owner of Fuzzy Logic, Jason, is the avatar for all of them and he is just amazing as an avatar. He is one of the best in the business which is why he is giving a talk at Recon this year precisely on game mastering in both real life rooms and Digital Room. So
1: David, wait, let me get this straight. Fuzzy Logic has now started using Telescape for all of their virtual escape rooms.
0: I know, your wish came true.
1: Okay, because I played their game before and the game is fun. The room is super fun, but I hated the interface.
0: Yeah, I, I fully agree. That was my one gripe. But now that they're doing the same thing that they were doing before, which I thought was amazing, and they're doing it in this streamlined, easy to use interface, I am very excited to go back and play some more.
1: Oh, and Buzzshot and Telescape are also sponsors of Recon, and they're going to have a booth there as well. So again, if you guys have been hearing us talk about them, you've kind of been curious about what they have to offer, please go stop by their booth, tell them that we sent you.
0: You can learn more at telescape.com. Details in the show notes. Our next
6: guest is the hand of Recon, Brendan Lutz. Welcome, Brendan. Thank you, David. Hi, BG. It's great to be here. First-time caller, long-time listener.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Brendan is our tech wizard.
6: Brendan is sort of our everything wizard. Yeah, I tried to stay hidden, but every once in a while, the genies let out of the bottle to do some tricks, that's for sure.
1: (laughs) You certainly worked some magic last year because you made Discord sit up and do things that I did not even know it was possible to do with Discord.
6: Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Discord didn't know it could do it either. We pulled some real rabbits out of the hat, but hoping to improve upon it this year for sure. Yeah, one of the things we're trying to do this year is make
0: Discord less intimidating.
1: You know, I thought it was going to be really difficult doing it on there, but the architecture that you set up was so user-friendly and easy to follow, actually. You start, it's a very clean slate. It asks you a couple simple questions, like, what topics are you interested in? And it said, if you like this topic, you just click this emoji, you just click this, and it was like pushing buttons. And as you did, those channels magically appeared. And so it really kept it from being too cluttered, but you had access to what you liked. And the on-ramping was very smooth, is what I got last year.
6: Thank you. That was certainly the intent. And it did not start that way, to be really candid. There was probably, I don't know what, David, 72 hours before the event or something along those lines. (laughs) There were a lot of late game changes. What Brendan did was incredible.
0: And it's really intuitive. Once you start to use it and you give it a couple of minutes, it feels really natural. When I say intimidating, it's that initial load. It feels like a lot. So if you weren't involved in the Discord last year, you're new and you join in this year, really what my message is to you, just give it 10 minutes. If you don't want to deal with it after 10 minutes, feel free to bounce and just watch the video. But Brendan does some miraculous things, and I think that you should give it a shot.
6: Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, like the big thing that I think we try to go for is that OnRamp is not that big bang moment from the second you step digitally into Discord. Slowly turn on that faucet until it gets to that whole fire hose at the end, but let you take a breath and enjoy it. And to David's point, take a couple of minutes, look around, and I promise you'll start to have a good time. And there's a few surprises baked in this year as well.
1: We have been talking about Discord, saying Discord, Discord, Mm. and I feel like there's probably people who don't even know what the heck is Discord. Like, what is this word you guys are using? So Discord is a messaging app. That's it. You just have to download a small little app, and it's just forums. You can go in. There's channels. You click on them. You will jump into different chats where you can talk to people. It has a lot of powerful functionality, so there's also, like, voice chat, so you can jump into a channel, and suddenly you're video chatting with people. You don't have to, like, click on a Zoom link or anything like that. It's all self-contained. Inside a messaging app. So for people who are like, I don't know Discord. I've never used it. I feel really intimidated. It's just a messaging app. That's literally it. So it's really easy to use. I have a question, Brendan. So your day job, you're in tech, right?
6: I I am in tech. Yep, I lead the IT team at one of the larger meal kit providers.
1: Okay, awesome. Did you have experience playing around with Discord and its functionality before this?
6: Ooh, no. Well. Very little, I will say. I had joined a couple of D&D campaigns with some friends several months before. So I knew of Discord and I used it lightly. But from an administrative perspective, uh, no, not at all. Brendan just picks things up and gets creative with how to
0: use them. And one of the things that I don't want to get lost on this is that, yes, he's driving the tech. And especially for a digital convention, the tech really is the venue But Brendan, he and I really structured Recon together. And a lot of that was he was living at our house for a a bit of the early and mid-pandemic. And we would start a conversation at like 2 o'clock in the morning. And it would be like, oh, we're just going to have a 10-minute conversation. And then like five hours later, we had gone through... 40 different iterations and all of these different plans, and then we come up with something and then we go and spend the next two days figuring out how to build it and do it. That's the dynamic that was existing there. And I couldn't imagine designing and structuring all of this stuff
6: without you and without those conversations that we had. Well, thank you. If you know anything about me, it's that I have this startup junkie at heart type of mentality, and especially in those crunch times last year during the pandemic, it had every sense of a lean startup with like hyper speed and excitement built behind it. It was so energizing and so much fun, and I'm just happy that it's still carrying forward and that it, frankly, I'm happy and somewhat surprised that it worked out as well as it did.
0: And I am just really happy to go and play the role of eccentric founder, asking (laughs) weird things of you.
1: (laughs) You know, I think you've really captured it. That's what kind of feels really special and magical about this industry is it has that startup energy. Everyone's really excited. Everyone wants everyone else to be successful because we are all embarking on this cool adventure together.
0: No, I mean, this year I feel like the team is doubled down on everything.
1: <laughs> leaner and meaner and ready to go.
0: I don't know if leaner is the word, but definitely meaner. <laughs>
1: Uh, So, Brendan, were you involved in the escape room industry or are you like just an enthusiast that wanted to get involved?
6: Oh, I'm just an enthusiast. I've been playing escape games since 2014 as well, similar to David, but not nearly as prolific or dedicated as he and Lisa have been for all those years. I've barely broached the 200 room mark at this point. At one of the first escape room conferences, I picked up and bought a ticket and just flew out there as an enthusiast going to this thing who had no business being at this convention that was really meant for industry folk. And I am just so passionate about the space and have been addicted to it since the very first room that I did.
0: Brendan and Teresa showed up at the party we threw at the end of the first New York tour. That was where we actually first met them. Lisa and I both went out of our way to go and chat with them a little bit. We had a ton of guests But we remembered them. We were like, oh, let's send a message and see if they want to play a game and get dinner. And so we did that and we just hit it off. And we needed some people to come and help us out running a booth at one of the conferences. And so we knew that they knew what they were talking about. And we also knew that they had the kind of poise that we needed to help run that kind of a booth. And so we just on a whim was like, hey, do you want to come and join us for this trip? And we'll pay for all your escape games and you go and play a whole bunch of stuff with us and run our booth, especially when we're giving talks and things like that. And it just kind of spiraled out of control from there, the friendship and the collaborations as well.
1: I got to say, David, you and Lisa have such a gift for attracting extremely competent and enthusiastic people. Uh, This is a real life gift. And I think that's how you've been able to build this really cool team.
0: We just keep feeling really lucky that the escape room community has an abundance of really cool, talented, collaborative people. Because I think it's something about the hobby itself. The heart of them is in that collaboration. And so there's something about the community and the activity that it just attracts the right type of people. And so we just try to meet as many of them as we possibly can. And that's the most rewarding part of it. And I think that's the most rewarding part of Recon is getting to interact with all these folks.
1: So, Brendan, has your job been a little bit easier this year now that you've got the initial uh, <laughs> infrastructure <laughs> or architecture figured? out? you're laughing at me. <laughs> I'm all like, well, you've already like planned it all last year. This must be a piece of cake
7: this year, right?
6: <laughs> you know... <laughs> The the smart thing may have been to look and say, oh, you know what we did last year really worked well. Let's try to replicate that. Um, but I'm not known for that. And I don't think a lot of our team is necessarily known for that type of thinking. It's more like, I bet you we could do something way better if we just ignored a lot of what we did last year <laughs> and try to rebuild that whole thing.
0: At the end of Recon last year, at the end of the second day, Teresa Piazza, Brendan, Lisa and me, we were all working out of our house and we were in our living room. Lisa and Teresa had passed out and Brendan and I were up talking about all of the things we wanted to do differently next year. For two hours.
1: Oh, God, here we go.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's the mentality that we're blessed and burdened with.
1: Gotta outdo yourselves every year. I mean, I'm excited, even though it makes sense to just keep the same structure as last year. But you got to change it up and keep it fresh.
0: (laughs) I don't think that people are necessarily going to notice a lot of the things that are different. It should feel pretty similar. What we've done, though, is we've been working to rebuild the infrastructure so that we have better, more permanent infrastructure, more scalable solutions. Hopefully the work that we've been doing this year makes future years a whole lot easier. That's sort of what we're striving for. Building better infrastructure that is more scalable is a lot more work than the hacked together solution that happened to work really, really well. But we only had a few months, you know, we basically had three and a half months to pull all this together Last year,
1: you guys had been planning an in person convention and then suddenly you had to pivot to a we, digital one. We
0: couldn't change until it was the end of April when we were really truly able to start the pivot because we didn't know what was up. We didn't know whether we were going to be in Boston. We didn't know whether our venue was going to let us off the hook. We didn't know what was going to go on. So we only really had the opportunity to pivot to digital about three months beforehand. And so it was fortunate that basically everyone on the core team had some amount of background in tech. And we were able to apply that knowledge to find cheap and effective and quick ways to stand up the infrastructure that we needed. And also just, we had an abundance of time because we were all trapped in our homes. And we threw every free moment we all had at it. And Brendan probably put in the most because I think he needs less sleep.
6: I'm getting older. I need more sleep now. I think I burned out um, no sleep last year. But yes, we all need more sleep this year. I definitely am feeling that. <laughs> but um, to, like take a step back for half a second. I just want to reiterate, this year, there is a lot that's been going on, but it should still feel very familiar to anyone who did attend recon last year. And for those who didn't, it should still feel very natural and organic. But there's a bunch of new additions on top of, for example, we're bringing in the notion of a game hall this year and making enthusiasts and gameplay a first class experience within the event itself in addition to all the industry and professional focus that we had last year. So that's really where the expanse and advancement's coming in as well.
1: You guys are packing so much into two days. I feel like this needs to be like a four-day affair for people like me who have FOMO, and I I don't want to feel like I'm missing out on anything.
0: (laughs) I feel like four days of this will kill us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so pick and choose.
0: I think part of the experience that we're laying out is that there is opportunity for choice. And you'll like some of the stuff at Recon, some of it won't be for you. You may only realize that once you try it, but that's the point. The point here is to go and do stuff, do the thing you wouldn't normally do. My advice to someone who's trying to pick what talk to do or what game to play is to do the thing you you are less experienced in you know less about if you're an expert in set design don't go watching the set design talk you probably know all of it you maybe you'll learn one or two things from it but that's not the thing that that you can benefit most from so my advice to anyone coming is to steer into the thing that you don't know or that scares you drive towards the unknown
1: that's very good advice. I'm the type of person to go to the talk where I'm like an expert and be like, uh-huh, I see I was right all along. <laughs> I agree. <Yeah. laughs>
0: and there's, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. But we've definitely had people who have gone to different conferences. I've spoken to someone who was like, oh, I went to this talk and I could have given that lecture. I was like, well, then you probably shouldn't have gone to that talk.
1: So by the time this podcast comes out, is the program or the schedule of talks available? Do people, will people like kind of know what what talks there are so they can start planning
0: yeah the schedule will be available
1: i also want to mention too for anybody listening there are free tickets like you can attend this for free if you've made it this far you are kind of curious to see what we're talking about see if it's right for you they do have a free ticket so you can go and i think the free ticket includes all of the talks
0: all the talks yep We wanted to put a business model to this so that we could pay for all the infrastructure we've been building and try and turn this into something that we can sustain for our teams. You know, the dream is to be able to pay this brilliant team appropriately and really turn this into something that is rewarding financially for the folks involved, because right now the rewards are community. And the ability to make something special together because this group of people were all able to make something so much bigger than ourselves together.
1: I remember last year it was free and people were emailing asking how they can pay. They they found so much value in it that they were like emailing and asking to pay because they wanted to support what you guys are doing.
0: Yeah, and we were very thankful to those folks and we were quickly trying to cobble together methods to make that a possibility. This year, we baked all of that in, we've created the opportunity, but we also didn't want to neglect the people who couldn't afford it. It's been a hard year. We also have people who are from countries where the dollar is, you know, not a favorable currency exchange. So we we didn't want to ice those folks out. But yeah, we are hoping that more people help out and support to whatever degree they can. Yeah, and to
6: expand on that, some of what we did is we've introduced a number of new opportunities for that revenue to come in to continue funding future years. And what we did to begin with is we introduced our basic access ticket, which is a kind of pay what you want ticket. Our recommended value is $30 to gain general access, which gives you the majority of the recon experience. Honestly, if you went above that 30 mark, we also encourage you to maybe check out some of our swag. We've got really cool, exciting swag.
0: Yeah, I've worked with our graphic designer to cook up some really beautiful swag. That's a passion of mine.
1: I wear my recon t-shirt every time I go do escape rooms and like I get compliments on it. Even when I was getting coffee, people were complimenting me on it. So (laughs) good job to your graphic designer.
0: Thank you.
6: Yeah, she's great.
1: Is there anything else you wanted to mention, Brendan?
6: No, I mean, I'm just really excited for this year and thank you for having me on and please everyone come enjoy ping me with your questions and your feedback i will also say that day of i'll probably be behind the scenes but i appreciate any and all thoughts and suggestions for future years as they come through yeah that's the other thing to know is that brendan is running
0: everything he is manually keeping all of recon running while it's going when i called him the hand of recon our website his profile picture is literally just a photo of his hand which started off as a joke but he is this hand that is is keeping all of this stuff moving and so he's not a presence that you can really interact with at recon for a lot of it but Every time you do anything at Recon, you are interacting with the things
6: he is controlling.
1: Just imagine his hand guiding you through this process.
6: <laughs> I promise, though, you can find me in the after-hour bars. So yeah. make sure you join there.
1: <laughs> We're having after-parties built in this year, I take it? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh,
0: yes. And this year we have after-party entertainment as well.
1: Ooh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Does it involve dancing on tables?
0: (laughs) I mean, if you want to add that in, we're not going to stop you.
1: (laughs) Thanks so much for uh, stopping by to chat with us, Brendan. Thank you to our new sponsor, Escape from Meebo Island by Sherlock in Amsterdam. Escape from Meebo Island is a virtual escape room played on a uniquely immersive web-based platform. It's a first-person point of view avatar using your own webcam video, and it's ideal for anyone from families to corporate events. Now, David, I played this last week and I could not believe how much fun it was. I told you. (laughs) I hadn't played any other escape room where it was a first-person point of view, but everybody gets their own individual first-person point of view. That's what really made it feel like an actual escape room. And and then your heads, your webcams are on top of your avatar, so you can look at the other members of your team and see their faces. It, It was just so much fun. Just the platform alone was fun, and then the puzzles were really good. I know Sherlock is a great escape room company. I love this game. I'm so glad they came on as sponsors.
0: It was fun. It was funny. And speaking as a tech person, I was blown away by the underlying technology and what they were able to accomplish in a web browser without having to install any other software or anything like that. Totally shocked with what they were able to do. If you're a player and you want to check out this game, this is part of the Recon Play Pass. So if you have that, you'll definitely want to check it out. If you're not coming to Recon, we have a 20% off promo code, Marvin Rules save you a little bit of money and if you're an escape room operator they have an affiliate program this is an easy cost-free way to earn extra revenue and deliver a high quality virtual product without having to build one you can learn more at meboisland.com details and the promo code in the show notes our next guest this isn't the first time she's been on the podcast Welcome back, wife.
8: Well, the podcast is recorded in my home.
0: Yeah. So as we've alluded to at the end of our first season, Lisa is really the person that makes so much of all of this stuff happen. And that is incredibly true for Recon as well. All of the coordination on so many different levels, all of the planning and scheduling, everything that isn't purely content goes through Lisa.
8: I would say it's my job to know... A little bit about absolutely everything. I'm not a subject matter expert. I'm not content. I'm not tech. I'm not graphics. I'm not games. But I have to know enough about all of those things to make sure that they will all fit together.
0: For all intents and purposes, everyone involved in Recon is reporting to Lisa.
1: Oh yeah, Lisa's our five-star general. It's like in The Wizard of Oz where you have David's like the big giant talking head outside and you (laughs) pull back the curtain and it's Lisa with 10,000 levers and buttons and she's like (laughs) running back and forth pulling all these strings and pushing these levers and buttons making everything move. Yeah, Yeah. that's... That's sort of how it is. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) But I mean, just like David and I would never have gotten this podcast off the ground if it wasn't for Lisa helping us produce it. You have applied your same talents to RECOD. And I think that's probably one of the only reasons it's been as successful as it has been.
8: Thank you. I think it is a combination of a lot of really talented people coming together and bringing their own skill set. And mine just happens to be coordination.
0: And you are... So damn good at it. And I couldn't imagine doing this without you. So, what's exciting you about this year?
8: Well, I'm excited that we have more happening. So, my puzzle got bigger. The coordination of adding in more of everything, more games, more exhibitors and sponsors, and more ways for them to get involved. More content, more types of ways to interact with content, not just the facilitated discussions that were so popular last year. Those are small group conversations with a facilitated discussion leader to talk about what was talked about in a specific talk. But we're also going to have birds of a feather conversation with industry related topics for interest groups to have conversations. And we're going to have these workshops where you really get to dig into the content in a hands-on, but a virtual hands-on type of way. So we have so much more going on, and the puzzle of putting it all together is harder, but to me, that's just that much more exciting.
1: Besides it just being more of what you did last year, is there anything different that you're doing this year that you didn't do last year? Or did you make any kind of structural changes or anything?
0: I mean, all of the game component is... Really, last year, there were games, but it wasn't a thoroughly planned premeditated product. This year, it's that.
8: That's the biggest change.
0: At Recon, all of our talks are pre-recorded and edited. We really are trying to use those as an opportunity to refine and keep the messages as tight as we possibly can. The Q&As are done live with those speakers. This year, the workshop's are completely live. They're limited to 22 people per workshop. So it's a small group. They have breakout rooms. So you'll be broken out into smaller groups to work on tasks. But you get time with these experts. We have the escape game coming in and teaching a class on hospitality. We have Charlie and James from Deadlocked. They're giving a session on how to make the world's worst escape game. And really, this is a session on surrendering to the process and they have a really interesting, funny journey to take people on. We have Bizarro and the Test Subjects doing a session on how to design creatively. And we have Manpans, Manda from the Room Escape Divas. She's doing a session on creating characters. All of these are skill sets that... they're challenging to learn on your own. And they're going to be working with these small groups, teaching them how to do it live. And I think that that's something that's really special that we didn't have last year. And we didn't really have the ability to do it last year. But this year, we know what we're doing now.
1: So this year, you guys have two different paths for attendees, right? You have the enthusiast path and you have the one that's for professionals, people that are working in the industry. Now, if you buy one, does that mean you only have access to those types of workshops and talks that are on each path? Or can you kind of jump across them if you want to?
8: That's true. There are two different paths because we have so much going on and it does overlap and you can't do it all at once. But the play pass, which is really the enthusiast track, can be added on to any type of ticket. So you can buy a basic ticket, which gives you access to the content in the talks and some channels in the Discord, and you can add your play pass to that or you can buy the pro ticket, which gives you access to a workshop and the facilitated discussions and the other industry networking conversations that we're going to have, but you can also add a play pass onto that. So we're thinking about the play pass as an add-on that anybody can have.
0: We designed this with the mindset that in the escape room world, the line between consumer and creator has always been pretty blurry. And there are tons of creators who love to play these games. And there are tons of players who fantasize or are planning to make games themselves, sometimes as a consultant for companies, sometimes starting up their own thing. We designed it so that there are two different tracks, but there are mechanisms for you to jump between them should you want to.
1: You know what I always thought was really cool about this industry in particular is how supportive All the creators are of each other. So I don't particularly get the sense that people are like, don't want to share their secrets. If anything, I found that most people are really forthcoming in sharing what they do well and wanting you to do well also. You know what I mean? They're really, really free with it. I've always thought that was a cool part of this community.
8: And I'll add that there's no shortage of people who want to talk at Recon. And this is something that you can both ask Cindy about, but we had... Tons and tons of people offer ideas, more than we could possibly have this year, some that we'll have next year or whenever the time is right, because there are so many people who are excited about sharing what they've learned with other people.
0: Yeah. And one of the things that we and so many escape room owners have come to realize over the years is that the good escape room companies aren't really in competition with one another. They are in competition with the bad escape room companies, because Bad escape room companies create one-time players. They show up, they play the game, they have a miserable time, they never buy another ticket to another escape room ever again. But good escape room companies produce repeat players, which means that those repeat players go and they play at all the different quote-unquote competitors. And so great escape room companies are growing the player base, they're growing their community, and that lifts the tide for all boats. And so... A place like Recon is an opportunity for someone to share the knowledge that they've had to help improve the quality of these games and these businesses and grow the global player base, which only serves to help everyone involved.
1: We're also all junkies, so we need to keep growing the product. (laughs) We need to encourage everybody to create a good product because you can only play the rooms once. That's the problem, right? (laughs) So we need to keep encouraging more people to design new rooms so we can just go play them.
0: It's so true. Although I have personally and recently experimented with playing games a second time, which maybe we'll talk about in the future episode.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: Thank you, wife.
1: You're
8: very welcome. I have a meeting now.
0: Next up, we have Teresa Piazza. Welcome, Teresa.
9: Hello, David. Thanks for having me.
0: Teresa is our project manager slash exhibitor slash sponsor relations slash catch all taskmaster, does all the things. Just thank you for all the things you do. This this would not happen without you. Full stop.
9: I am your... Walking, talking, to-do list, worst nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Teresa basically does
1: for Recon what Lisa does for Repod. Basically, none of it would run as smoothly as it does without either one of them.
0: And Lisa has very clearly modeled her approach to managing us on the way that Teresa does this stuff. Thank you for all of the task mastering. We all need it. I especially need it.
9: No problem. I just act like a puppeteer with the coolest marionettes.
1: (laughs) I have never met two more competent and efficient people in my life.
9: I am a very action-oriented person in all aspects of my life, whether it's escape rooms, project management, or talking to exhibitors and sponsors for recon. So I hope that that shows through in the event that we're going to put on. Teresa's a bedrock like I like if you
1: ask her something if you tell her something needs to be done. I feel like with 100% assurance, it will be done in like 30 minutes or less. It's so comforting to to have
9: somebody like you on the team. Well, I'm glad you just don't see how many browser tabs I need to keep open to make sure that I keep track of everything at once.
1: Better you than me. I could never could never be me.
0: (laughs) I'm so impressed that you can do it because I just have a hard time managing my own notifications in the volume that they come in. Yo, I I know it shows.
9: (laughs) I know how to get a hold of you. When I really need a hold of David, I just slack Lisa and say, I need you to go upstairs and tap David on the shoulder, please. This is urgent.
0: You're not the only person on the team who has figured that out. We'll be talking to Cindy later. (laughs) When anyone asks us, Oh, doing this again you're doing this again this is going to be easier this year the answer has been kind of laughter can you help the audience understand why this year is just as hard if not harder to run than last year
9: yeah absolutely last year when we decided to pivot recon from an in-person event to fully digital we had only a few months to make this happen the whole world was figuring this out as we were figuring it out. So we didn't really have any standards to go by. We could basically do whatever we wanted. And we ended up putting on what we think was a pretty great event. And now we not only decided to make it bigger and better, changing our expectations to what we could possibly deliver, but now we are also up against our own great execution last year so we had no technical issues last year we are really hoping to put on another phenomenal event but because we have decided to go bigger and because we have last year's success basically on our shoulders we really need to make sure that 2021 goes off without a hitch as well and we are well on our way to do that but it is no less stressful
0: yeah That and everyone on the team is brilliant and ambitious and said, oh, I would like to rebuild the thing that I built last year, but make it better and more sound and scalable for the future. And it turns out building permanent structures is a lot more challenging than building temporary ones.
9: Yeah, absolutely. And even on the sponsor and exhibitor front last year, we had two relatively simple packages. We've doubled that now. We have four packages. So we have different things so that if a company wants to participate really fully within recon, they can go to one of the higher tier packages. If they don't really have any resources, but want to get their name out there, we have a lower tier package. But yes, it did double the amount of work that we took on just in that tiny, small section of exhibitors and sponsors. When I was talking
1: to Brendan and David, I said, so this year should be a lot easier since you guys are just building on your existing infrastructure from last year. And both of them just laughed in my face
9: (laughs) for like five minutes. (laughs) That sounds right. That tracks. As someone who is task tracking all of the different rebuilds. Yes, I can tell you that that is a joke, PG.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what are you most excited about this year?
9: This year at Recon, like I mentioned, we have four different exhibitor and sponsorship packages. And we have those two new ones, and we've also changed the existing ones from last year. We took a ton of learnings from the interactivity level of our attendees at Recon and what our exhibitors and sponsors collectively referred to as vendors, we're looking for in recon. And we've put that together in an even more exciting way for this year to allow our vendors to reach the audience and for our audience to really get what they need out of whatever company is sponsoring recon, be that someone who's optimizing their websites or offering new props or offering consulting services for their escape room.
0: Yeah. And the team has put a lot into figuring out how to serve the companies that are really active during recon and also make things a lot easier for the companies that want to be more of a passive
3: presence.
9: Yeah, and we have companies that span that gamut, people that just want to be able to create a slide and have that be advertised in emails or in advance of talks. And then we have those people that really want to engage with their community and get their names out there. And now we've tailored our packages so that people are able to do that.
0: Thank you, Teresa. There is not a single part of Recon that you are not involved in making happen. I think the only people who can say that are you and Lisa, it's incredible how you are able to keep track of all of this on top of the fact that you have two other jobs in the real world that you're keeping track of so many things. I'm truly and constantly impressed by all that you are able to accomplish.
9: Thank you, David. That is very kind. And this recording is one more thing I can check off of that to-do list for tonight.
0: You're welcome. Next up, we have Cindy Saywitz. Cindy has been helping us coordinate speakers and really everything. If you email Recon, you're probably hearing back from Cindy. If you're a speaker and you're trying to deal with logistics or anything, you're hearing from Cindy. If you're me and you're trying to deal with logistics, you're probably hearing from Cindy. Cindy is a quiet but incredibly active and profound presence throughout the entire Recon team. Welcome, Cindy.
7: Thank you for having me.
1: Cindy's the concierge, checking up, keeping you updated on how everything's going. Like she is always in my inbox and it feels very comfortable to know somebody's constantly following up on things.
0: And during recon, Cindy is wrangling all of the speakers, making sure that their tech problems get sorted out. If they are having some form of stage fright, making sure that their psychological problems get sorted out. She's just there troubleshooting. Everything.
7: I think that's my official title is Speaker Wrangler.
0: <laughs> Definitely during the event.
7: <laughs> yeah.
1: Let me tell you, I've hosted big conventions and dinners where, you know, I emceed. And the first year I did it, I did not have a Cindy. I did not have the luxury of having a Cindy. And I would be up on stage. Our next speaker is Mr. So-and-so. And And then it's just crickets. And then somebody from the back, he's in the bathroom. And I'm like, oh my God, it was so awful. It was so awkward. I learned from that. I had to appoint my own Wranglers. And I'm like, you make sure. I had a volunteer for every speaker. And I said, Mm -hmm. you go get this person 10 minutes before they go on. You make sure they are standing by on the stage next to it ready to go. Like, you know, I learned that you have to. Um, and so Cindy is the person who is basically hurting all of these cats for
7: us. Yep. That's exactly it. I'm the one who worries. I worry that the speakers aren't going to be where they need to be. And I try to get them where they need to be. And that is almost a full-time job.
0: The other thing that Cindy does for the team is she is an avid escape room player and has been playing for years and has played all over, but she's not someone who is actively immersed in the community and the community dialogue and the community politics and what she provides is a clarity for us. There are times where we come up with a plan or phrase something and we think it makes sense to us because we're all in the slacks and the discords and active on Facebook. And we all are constantly aware of the insider jargon and thought process. And Cindy is always the one to catch us and be like, hey, that only makes sense to you because that makes no sense to me. And it's impossible to explain how valuable that is and we feel it all the time like thank god cindy was in the room
7: i appreciate that so much thank you for that cindy i
1: i do that for the podcast as well i'm constantly like can you guys explain what the heck an arg is because not everybody is an expert on nerd speak.
0: It's so valuable, the both of you, you bring such a dynamic to the team where I've lost track of the amount of times that you've stopped us from doing something stupid just by asking a question. And that's the thing that we as a team have always learned is like Cindy is usually quietly in the meetings. And then sometime, usually later in the meeting, she goes and asks us a random question and everyone is like, oh, no, she's right. And that's it, like you ask a question, it completely shifts the way that we're thinking and you do it so consistently and so gracefully.
7: Oh, well, I have no problem asking the stupid questions or even the non-stupid questions, but sometimes things take a while to occur to me and then I go, wait a minute, let me ask this. And I also don't like to jump all over something and say that's wrong, but I'll just throw it out there and I'll let everybody on the team think about it. And someone, I never really go, hey, wait a minute, we can't do that. And so that's okay. I'm glad I have a way to contribute.
0: It's so, so key.
7: I think this
1: goes back to Cindy just making sure everybody feels welcome. And that's part of it is we want to make sure Recon, the escape room community in general, is very welcoming and accessible to newbies, people who are new to the scene, people who played one escape room and said, you know what, this was fun. I wanna find out more about it. We're not about trying to, I don't know, like be snobs about it, right? So if you guys are worried that you're gonna to come to this convention, it's gonna be over your head, please don't. I, I think a lot of the talks are gonna be really interesting and accessible for people with uh, all different levels of experience. And that's especially why we have people like Cindy on the team to make sure that everything makes sense for everybody of all levels.
7: You know, one thing I've noticed about people who play escape rooms is everybody comes with different backgrounds and every escape room is so different. There's logic puzzles, there's tactile puzzles, there's all kinds of different things. And so everybody's so different and welcoming. So even though I was new when I first started with it, I was new, I've played over 250 games now. But when I talk to people in this community, they're so welcoming and they wanna help you and they wanna bring you in and they'll tell you, hey, play this game, hey, play that game. And it just drags you in further and further. So yes, I am totally addicted to escape rooms. One thing that I can't wait to see for this year's Recon is the energy of this community. Last year, it was such a surprise to watch Everybody chatting in Discord, just reading all of the responses and participating in the conversations. So much energy, and this year's recon is even bigger. So then we're gonna have a lot of fun, and that I cannot wait. That's part of the fun
1: thing about recon is if you're like someone like me, I played my first escape room and then I immediately wanted to play like three more in a row. And all of my friends at home, they like it. They'll come play a room with me, but after one, they're like. I'm good. Let's go get dinner. You know what I mean? And so if you are one of those people who are rabidly obsessed with these things, just love them so much. Maybe you don't have, you know, those friends in real life who really want to sit around all day talking about it. Like we do come like you can meet all the friends, meet all of your escape room friends here at recon. That was the best part of it for me last year as well was meeting all of you guys.
0: Fully agree. Cindy, thank you for everything that you do. You work on so many different parts of Room Escape Artist and some of our other projects, and you collaborate with us so kindly and so effectively. As a team, we all know how much you are contributing. You give so much to this community and to our team. So thank you for that.
7: Well, thank you very much. I am thrilled to be here and part of Room Escape Artist in any way that I can.
0: Next up, we have Michael Augustine, commonly known in the community as Augie. Augie is responsible for our ARG, our sort of alternate reality game, sort of puzzle hunt. It exists in a realm between the two. We had one last year. We are absolutely having one this year. Welcome, Augie. Hey, thanks. Happy to be here. So happy to have you.
1: Also known as Okapi Kid, because that's how I see you. Everywhere online, because I've only interacted with you on like Twitter and I don't know, Twitch, all the social media. So I I always think of him as Okapi Kid in my head.
0: Very true. Yes, it is true. And there have been plenty of times where people are like, who's Augie? I'm like, oh, oh, it's Okapi Kid. And they're like, oh, oh, I know him. (laughs) Too many (laughs) names. (laughs) Augie, you are an incredibly talented puzzler in your own right. You've been on a couple of Red Bull Mind Gamers teams. You've won a few piles of cash in treasure hunts. You are just (laughs) a generally competitive puzzler. Tell us about your favorite puzzling adventure. Oh boy. I do
10: tend to dabble in a bit of everything. There was a citywide ARG that I ran here that was grant funded a couple years back. That's probably my favorite thing I've made to date. And I'm going to be relaunching that actually in the next few months. So super excited for that.
1: For people who are new to this podcast, can you describe what an ARG is?
10: Yeah, absolutely. Imagine if it's a book or a movie, except instead of passively intaking all of this from the comfort of your chair, you're usually out searching either in the real world, across websites, across social media, across video games, any number of things.
0: And if you want to learn more about ARGs, listen to the first episode of season one, we interviewed Alon Lee. Yeah, that's what I'm most
10: excited about at Recon this year. My original foray into this world well before I even knew this was a world was The Beast, which was the alternate reality game that Alan Lee and his team at 42 Entertainment helped put together for Steven Spielberg's movie AI in the year like 2000. I only own eight t-shirts, I think, and one of them is actually the trailhead to that ARG. It's a piece of the credits from the movie that says, Machine Therapist Janine Sala," which makes no sense on a t-shirt. I have to explain it to everyone else, but it's it's such a formative part of who I've become that I, I couldn't pass that one up. So super excited to just even listen to that guy talk for a handful of minutes.
0: I'm super excited about having him. He's going to be one of our speakers this year. We have not yet announced what he will be speaking about. So stay tuned for that. The rest of the schedule is fully announced. Alon is one of the coolest people, maybe the coolest person I've ever met. And when I grow up, I kind of want to be Alan Lee.
1: So nice and so humble, too. Like, just such a gracious dude. Yeah. Augie, so you have created an ARG specifically for Recon?
10: Yeah, absolutely. So this is something we put together last year. And again, as we've mentioned before, last year was uh, a lot of trying to figure things out in that new world that we were living in. So I think it was a solid experience. And we've also tried to do something that has a little bit of something for everyone. So ARGs can on occasion be very thorough or sometimes grindy. And I know when some people hear that term, they think that, oh, this is something that I have to devote myself to. And a lot of times there are these giant enterprises that are either for a large-scale marketing program or for a very niche community. We're trying to create something that's got a little bit of everything for everyone, so some puzzle hunt aspects, some ARG aspects, some interactivity. We just want to have something that can bring about a little bit of the the behind-the-scenes of Recon, delve a little bit into the lore, and without saying too much, Yeah, the idea is that if you've got five minutes to pop into this, you should be able to get something out of it, and if you've got a full day ahead of time, uh, you should also be able to fill in most of that time.
1: Is this something that's going to be available for everybody who comes to recon or is this only available to people who have purchased the play pass?
10: We've made this available to all participants. And this is also kind of a good way to figure out what it is that you might be into. Uh, I think a lot of people who are, Attending Recon might be very familiar with the escape room world, but maybe a little less so with some of the extenuating uh, adjacencies, things like puzzle hunts, alternate reality games themselves. So ideally, this is going to be a chance for the people that are here, predominantly for escape rooms, to get a little bit of a view of what the rest of those worlds look like and see if they find something they like.
0: You're not working on this alone. You have your own team. Who are some of the folks who are helping you make this happen?
10: I'm sure you're all familiar with Errol, who is kind of a legend in this world. He's helped out last year as well, and he'll be joining this year. One of my cohorts, John Brommels. John and I have actually worked together on a couple of different things. He's also shared in some of those big prize purses in the treasure hunts that we've won over the last year, which has been nice. And we also have a new entrant, Charmandic here, who's going to be joining us this year. So we've got a little bit of a crack team put together to extend this to some places that I might not be able to take it all on my lonesome.
0: And for those who are keeping score at home, Errol is also speaking at this year's Recon. He made a extensive cameo last year at Manda's talk. This year, he has his own on puzzle design. I actually just did some editing on it. It's fantastic. It's really funny. I wasn't sure what I was expecting, but this wasn't it. And it's really, really good. I knew he was going to make something great. And manicure Amanda's Puzzle Nail Facebook page and Instagram account is brilliant.
1: She does manicures. I know. Okay, okay. I've seen it. I didn't even know who that was. And I have seen these puzzle manicures online.
0: Yeah, she does these manicures on herself and they are all puzzles. They're super detailed. They're pretty hard puzzles yeah, in Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I love what she does. I'm such a fan. And she's also one of the New York City escape roomers who's been around for years. So nice to get her involved.
10: Augie, do you do this professionally? So I've currently got four side projects running right now. I do some consulting, I do some creation. And then whenever I'm not employed in those, I try to win someone else's competition.
1: (laughs) I know that you're big on on the treasure hunts
10: <laughs> uh, I, you know what like I'm, I'm already an incredibly competitive person by nature and i found out recently that occasionally the things that i really like to do competitively have large cash purses behind them which is just solid motivation to get you up out of bed at like five in the morning on a saturday
1: do you want to come to LA and do the LA treasure hunt with me? They're
10: like, I saw those. I'm there's once a month moving down there.
1: Ten thousand dollar purses once a month. Entries are for like five hundred people, and they're sold out consistently. I'll
10: tell you what. Even if I don't end up moving down there, I'll fly out there, and we'll just bomb through one of these.
1: I have one other question. Do you have any hints for the trailhead of this ARG for any of our loyal listeners? This is one of the perks of listening to Repod is maybe, maybe we can squeeze a teeny little hint from you on how to get started or get a little bit of a head start on the Recon ARG.
10: I am not giving away anything. However, I will say that if you are one of these loyal listeners, you will definitely be regularly interacting with some of the places that you will find some of the things that you need. And if you're not a loyal listener, this is another reason why you should become one.
0: I have to be honest, I have no idea what is in the ARG. But Augie, I do want you to know, you're getting the full PG treatment, which uh, (laughs) PG is always trying to pry information out of me before we're ready to announce it. This is how PG rolls.
1: (laughs) tried so hard last year i had no idea where to even start with this arg okay how about this not a hint but like just a tip for anybody who's gonna start on an arg what are some things to look for like with escape rooms i know where certain wording looks a little bit funny or a weird turn of phrase you know you start to figure out what is a clue so do you have a tip for anybody who wants to tackle an arg of where to even get started
10: Absolutely. Uh, And I will say that it's going to be a lot harder in general because so many ARGs tend to operate a little bit differently. But there is usually some tiny bit of throughput. On this one, at the very least, we do have a logo that you will be able to find. In fact, if you look back right now, you might even get a glimpse of it from some time in the past. But once you've cited that,
0: you'll know you're on the right track.
1: A logo? Okay. See, guys, I got something for you. <laughs> <laughs> don't say I don't <clears throat> work for you guys.
0: <laughs> Augie, I want to say thank you. I also want to conclude by saying that I have known a lot of professional gamers and competitive gamers. And I know you've played things like Magic the Gathering at a very high level. Everything you do, you do incredibly competitively. You are the kindest competitive gamer I have ever met in my life.
10: Thanks. Thanks. I kind of went out of my way, I think, at a young age to make kindness in competition. So ranking number one in that category still counts for me.
0: It's always a pleasure playing <laughs> anything with you, working on anything with you. Thank you very much. You too. Thanks for having me. The Reality Escape Pod is brought to you by RoomEscapeArtist.com, your source for well-researched, rational, and reasonably humorous escape room content and events. This podcast is produced by Lisa Spira and edited by Steve Ewing of Stand Inside Media. If you like what we're doing, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Leave some feedback. We love hearing from you. If you really love what we're doing and you wanna support it, check us out on Patreon. A couple dollars a month gets you bonus content and really goes a long way towards helping us sustain all of these projects.